For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V in lines right here on the Believe Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh. And I am joined by an all-pro, by an interception leader, by a former Lions safety who knows a lot of people that are having some good things happen in their life. Former teammate with D'Amico Ryans, now head coach of the Houston Texans. Former teammates with Darius Slay on his way to the Super Bowl. But of course, we all know him as the Detroit Lions legend, Glover Quinn. What's up, man? Hey, that's impressive. They get better and better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty easy when you've got so much material to work with. Let's <laughs> you know, I am pretty fortunate, man. And, you know, like you said, I do have some some friends that are experiencing some great, great, exciting things right now. So super excited for those guys, man. It should be um, should be fun. It should be. And it, it it must be cool just being able to watch people that you spent so much time with just reach the pinnacle of their profession. Darius Slade of the Super Bowl and D'Amico Ryan's going to be the head coach of the team that you guys played together for. That it, that doesn't happen too often. So just historic, truly historic. Football is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, hockey, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Yeah, man, it's just, it's actually incredible, you know, for, you know, first of all, to see, um, you know, to see Slade make it to the Super Bowl, you know, and I know it's not an individual thing. It's a team thing. And, you know, he's in a great situation. But to, to see, you know, how his career has grown, how he's grown as a person, as a player um, from, you know, the first day he came in. I remember when, you know, Detroit got ready to draft him. Um, you know, I had just signed there in free agency in 2013. And, you know, Martin Mayhew was like, you know, hey, we 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 drafted you know Slay. I need I need you to to take him under your wings, right? And I told Martin, I said, okay, if you want me to do that, you got to put our lockers next to each other because we spend so much time in the locker room, and that's how you grow your relationship. Is being there every day, good, bad, sleepy, tired, you know when you come out of practice and you got text messages and things are going crazy at home and you just talk to the person right next to you, that's how you grow a relationship and build a relationship by, you know, being close to each other. Right. So they move whoever the guy was right next to me and they moved him all the way down and Slay's locker was right next to mine. So we locked, we was locker mates for, six the whole six years that i was there and we even had we had opportunities to like move lockers and we both was like nah we good right so our relationship just kind of grew and you know to watch him grow from you know the person he was when he got drafted to who he is now as a person and a player just been incredible to watch and so i'm super happy for him and now he's getting to play in the super bowl and you know hopefully 
uh, can get that Super Bowl ring, and you know, I, I would say it'd be uh, be well deserved. And for D'Amico, you know, when I came in as a rookie, D'Amico was our was our linebacker. He was our captain, and you know, he was everything that you would think about as a captain. He 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 showed me what it looked like to be a captain of a team of a defense. And, you know, just his preparation, his his sacrifice, his work ethic, you know, everything that he'd done as a player, um, teammate, all those different things was just incredible. And so I'm super excited for him to get that head coaching opportunity. Um, And like you said, to come back and coach the place that drafted him, um, a place where I think he he lives or his family lives out here or something, you know, of that in that regard, I'm pretty sure they're going to, you know, San Francisco is nice, obviously, but I mean, cost of living and living and this and that. I mean, Houston's probably going to be better spot for them. And, you know, Houston is a great city. So to bring that excitement back here from a football standpoint, you know, Texas is really big on football. Houston is really big on football. So to bring that excitement back by just hiring a coach, uh, you can feel the energy differently in the city. I can see it. I can feel it. Um, so, you know, next year, hopefully for me, should be a great football season. The Detroit Lions should be rolling again, and hopefully the Houston Texans are rolling again, and I get to enjoy both. Obviously, they're in the AFC and the NFC, so maybe those two teams end up in the Super Bowl, and I'll be like Travis Kelsey's mom wearing a double jersey. Oh, I you got me <laughs> excited now. If that if the Texans and the Lions to the Super Bowl, just what what a life highlight for Glenn <laughs> that would be. So that would be kind of funny. It, it would be, and so with the Houston Texans, with D'Amico Ryan's returning, like you said, he was your leader. He was a multi-team captain, all-pro, pro bowler. And then he left te- uh, the Houston Texans. He was traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, ended up suing the Houston Texans because he tore his Achilles on the Texans stadium. They were removed from the lawsuit, as was the NFL, and he settles with uh, the, the turf manufacturer outside. And so people kept bringing that up as the coaching search is going on. And you start to wonder, okay, but the lawsuit settled not with the Texans, I have to imagine they'd be having these conversations and smoothing things over. I'm pretty sure that their relationship has been rebuilt if he's taking this job. So let's just pump the brakes here, people. Yeah, I mean, that's that's over and done with, you know, like that. That's over and done with. It's on a turf manufacturer, you know. If anything, um, you know, if anything... You know, he could have probably had a problem with being traded, right? Yeah. But you know how we talk about those revenge games and things like that? The GM that traded D'Amico is no longer with the Texans. Rick Smith is no longer there. You know, and even if the main owner has something to do with it, Bob McNair, he's no longer there. Cal was a cool guy always. So D'Amico probably had no problems with Cal McNair. You know, he was just the son, and he was just kind of alone for the ride, having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they have new people in the building. I mean, that was a long time ago. You know, I mean, Miko got traded going into my last year there. So uh, he got traded probably would have been in 2011, 2000, well, going into the 2012 season, right? Because I, I played with him. My first two years, and I know I played with him one year in Wade's, Wade Phillips' system. So I think my fourth year, he was in Philly. So that would have been 2012 he played in Philly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's a long time ago. That's over with. And, you know, for them to give him a six-year deal shows you that we're going to commit to this. Like, we've kind of had some feeling coaches – for a couple years now, maybe just, you know, guys that we really wasn't sold on, but we really wasn't sold on anybody that we necessarily wanted. So we just had to settle with this guy. He didn't get the job done. We settled with another guy. Ironically, it's been 
all African-American coaches. Um, so I don't know if that's just something that they're trying to do. Um, but it worked out for D'Amico, and it's it's great for the city. It's great for the, for the team, the atmosphere. Um, I know a lot of former players here are excited, um, and I'm one of them. As you should be. I'm excited to see how this plays out. I gotta ask, though, because D'Amico Ryans, he spent time, as you mentioned, in that Wade Phillips defense. And we were talking about this last week, how Wade Phillips, he always had premier pass rushers. And with the Chargers, he had Sean Merriman and Sean Phillips. With the Cowboys, DeMarcus Ware. With the Broncos, DeMarcus Ware and Vaughn Miller. With the Texans, Mario Williams, J.J. Watt, Connor Barwin. And with the Rams, Aaron Donald. And then... His coaching career is under Robert Sala, who, if you remember, had Nick Bosa and DeForest Buckner and Eric Armstead in San Francisco. Goes to New York, instantly signs Carl Lawson to a big money deal. They've got Quinn Williams on the interior, too. So I'm starting to wonder. Everyone's talking, Texans got to get a quarterback. Texans got to get a quarterback. But with D'Amico Ryans coming from this brand of football that always has a impact pass rusher, could the Texans end up going off the board and going with Will Anderson, who is one of the most decorated college defenders of all time? You know, I I I, I don't necessarily I don't really think so. I no? think I think you have to have a quarterback. Now, unless they come in, if he come in and he's looking and he watches the film and he evaluates and he feels like okay we have our quarterback in the building, then maybe. But I feel like if you look at most of these Super Bowl winning teams, outside of, I guess, Stafford and Brady, a lot of these guys are young quarterbacks, right? They are they're young quarterbacks, they're on rookie deals, but they're good football players, right? And so for D'Amico, okay, if we go and sign a quarterback in free agency, we're gonna have to pay good money because the really good quarterbacks probably not going to be on the free agent market for one. So now we're going to be paying for a quarterback that you know, so we got six years. Let's draft us a good quarterback because you can find an edge rusher and you might say, well, you can find a quarterback, right? You may just need a game manager. Maybe Brock Purdy showed D'Amico that, hey, you don't need a first round quarterback. You can get mystery relevant if you got a good defense and a good system around it. So many different ways to look at it. So I think what happens is you're taking best player on the board, right? So you probably got two picks in your head right now. You got Bryce Young and Will Anderson. Chicago doesn't need a quarterback. So unless somebody say, okay, we want Bryce Young, we're going to trade Chicago to get the number one overall pick. We're going to get Chicago the number five overall pick and a second rounder and something else so that we can get their number one overall pick, so that we can get Bryce Young. If they take Bryce Young, you probably go Will Anderson and show up your defense and, you know, find you a quarterback that can manage your team late in the draft. Obviously, Tom Brady has shown that you don't have to be a first-rounder. Brock Purdy has shown it. Russell Wilson wasn't a first-rounder. There's been plenty of quarterbacks that were not top picks that have had great careers and been able to manage a team, but that team has great weapons offensively and defensively around them, and they just kind of got to keep it going. So I think those are the two moves. You know, if if Chicago says, okay, we're not trading our number one pick, we're going to take Will Anderson. You know, we want a D lineman to kind of shore up our defense. We got rid of Robert Quinn last year. We – you know, we lost Khalil Mack a couple of years. Like, we want to show up our defensive line. We're going to take Will Anderson. Cool. The Texans probably take Bryce Young. 
or whoever they deem as the number one quarterback. And that may be another thing. They may have somebody ranked higher than Bryce Young. So Bryce Young, somebody may trade up and take Bryce Young, number one, and the Texans may say, okay, we didn't want Bryce anyway. We wanted CJ or we wanted this guy, that whoever they felt like is the top guy. So, but then it also comes down, okay, well, if we feel like he's the top guy, is he a top five pick or is he somebody that we can get in the second round? Or with their second pick, because they pick again at 12 from that right. uh, that trade with the Browns too. Right. So it got a lot of different scenarios that uh, that could happen. But I, I would say if nobody trades up to take Chicago's number one pick, I think the Texans will take a quarterback. And then they'll find a D lineman or somebody in the second second pick. I had to get your thoughts on it because you spent time in that Wade Phillips defense. You spent time with D'Amico Ryans. And just the thought I had, you know, you look through history, but as you said, quarterback. Quarterback. You definitely is, need that pass rusher, though. Yeah. You need to make the defense work, you need the pass rusher, but to make the team work, you need a quarterback. So it's That's the nice thing about having a six-year contract is you're going to have time to get your quarterback. You're going to have time to get your edge rusher, and you don't have to rush anything. Teams around the league, though, they're starting to rush now that Tom Brady has retired. I know the Raiders were planning to bring in Tom Brady, hope to sign him. The Buccaneers hadn't given up, but Tom has retired again. Does it last more than 40 days this time? Yeah. I hope so. I think he's done. I really hope so. I mean, you can see it in his face. He's he's done, but, you know, I'm, you know, it's difficult. Tom got a lot going on. He's such a decorated professional football player known across the world as this great, 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 great player. And, you know, you go through a public divorce. Like, it's just so hard because on one hand, you're having to hold up this image and this reputation as this great football player. And on the other hand, you're human, man. You're human. You know, I mean, you went through a divorce. Your kids, your wife, your family, like it was all public. You're human. That's that still hurts. So now you retire. You don't have football anymore. You probably don't have your kids every day because you're probably on some kind of schedule where you get your kids sometimes. So he's going to have some time where he's going to be alone in his thoughts. You know, he's going to be alone and just thinking about life and he's Tom Brady he can do what he wants to do and me I already got a Fox deal that I think I saw something about that and but I, I I will say he really needs to you know take some time and not just try to wash away his sorrows or his whatever with another job or another this or another that like I mean Fox wants you that bad they'll want you next year too time you could take a year and just debrief from it they might even want you they might give you 400 million next year (laughs) (laughs) i think you're right though i think from that video you could see the pain in his face when he posted that retirement where there's got to be a lot going on you know you were the goat you are the goat but you go from a super bowl to leading the NFL in passing yards. He could have retired after the Super Bowl, after leading the NFL in passing yards. And then you have this season. But the thing I keep remembering is, do you know where Jerry Rice ended his career? Do you remember? Oakland the, or Seattle? It was the Seattle Seahawks, and he got cut in training camp. But most people don't remember that. Most people don't talk about that. No one talks about Emmett Smith with the Cardinals. It's all about his time with the Cowboys setting records. And so... I think in time, the people who, because people, let's be honest, people like to make fun of Tom Brady because he's so successful. I don't love it, but even those people that are bitter right now and want to clown on Tom Brady for uh, not a season that's not up to his standard, 
they're going to forget. And in time, all we're going to remember is just how great Tom Brady was. At least that's what I hope. Yeah, I don't think we'll think about, you know, his last year. But I don't think we'll forget about his time in Tampa because he won a Super Bowl there. You know, like Emmitt Smith didn't win a Super Bowl in Arizona. He did break the record as an Arizona Cardinal, I think it was. I remember watching that game. I think he was playing for Arizona when he broke the record. Um, You know, Jerry Rice didn't do anything in anywhere outside of San Francisco, really. He played with Oakland a little bit, but. You remember those guys, Joe Montana. You're going to remember him as a 49er because he didn't really do anything with the Chiefs. But Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So when they have the Tampa Bay 40-year reunion, Tom Brady's going to be there. Like, oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we're going to know him as a Patriot, and he's going to probably sign something and maybe retire as a Patriot, I would assume. <laughs> But we won't be able to overlook his time in, in, you know, Tampa. And it always we talked about between him and Bill Belichick, you know, because Tom went to a different team and won a Super Bowl without Bill. Bill has yet to get to that pinnacle without Tom. So I don't know if that affects either one of them legacy. But it just to be a topic of discussion amongst the media. You know, oh, yeah. that's going to happen. <laughs> Until Belichick wins the Super Bowl without Tom Brady, that discussion will continue. I just more mean we will remember Tom Brady in Tampa as the guy that won a Super Bowl, as the guy that led the league in passing at 44 years old. And will this, this season, this one losing season, that will kind of fade into memory. And it will just be all of the great memories that we have left behind. Yeah, nobody remembers Shaq when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> oh, I for, I forgot about that one. So, yes, <laughs> truly, that is something that people forget. Allen Iverson with the Denver Nuggets. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers with the Jets, potentially. Will that be something that people forget? Because Jamal Williams, he went on Good Morning Football, and he was asked his prediction for his former teammate, says he's going to the Jets. But that same day, Aaron Rodgers says he needs a couple more weeks to decide and couldn't possibly decide until after the Super Bowl if he's going to return or retire or play somewhere else. But that conversations are happening without him. And yeah, of course, they're having conversations without you, Aaron. This is the second year in a row that you've done this. Will he won't he retire? 2022 is over. So you're probably thinking fantasy football. That's over. That's done with not going to even bother with that until August. Well, thanks to our friends over at playerprofiler.com, that is no longer the case. With playerprofiler.com, the all-in package, if you sign up today, you'll get the Dynasty Deluxe, which gives you everything you need to know to start up your own Dynasty Fantasy Football League, run your fantasy team like an actual franchise. And it also lets you know all these rookies that are coming into the NFL draft. The all-in package, the Dynasty Deluxe with playerprofiler.com, gives you everything you need to know for the 2023 draft. And then after that, the world-famous draft kit will be coming out, which gives you everything you need to know for the 2023 NFL season, gives you all the juicy fantasy information that you could possibly want. And then when the regular season starts, there's the DFS Dominator, which helps you win some money during the season by knowing who's going to dominate. Sign up today for the all-in package with our friends over at playerprofiler.com and get ahead of the 2023 season for fantasy football, and you'll get the rest of January totally free. Sign up now, playerprofiler.com. I don't think Aaron's going to retire. No. I think, and I could be wrong, everybody's personality, everybody's different. But I think when you are a player of that magnitude, you don't drag out your retirement, right? You know I'm done. You don't sit around and wait to see what's going to happen with your team or other teams. And then if it's not a good situation, you retire. No, you're Aaron Rodgers, right? 
you can have whatever situation you want. You can go to the Jets if you want to take less money if that's what you want. You know what I'm saying? Like you can go and do almost what you want. So you don't retire in that sense. You know what I'm saying? Like Tom, Tom's not waiting to see, well, maybe I can get the San Francisco job or maybe no, I'm done. Yeah. JJ Watts didn't didn't wait. Maybe while well, D'Amico's coming back to Houston, you know, maybe I can no, I'm done. Right? When you're that caliber of a player, you either want to play or you don't. So when you don't want to play anymore, I'm done. Right? So by Aaron dragging this out, I want to see what the team is saying. And it like he'll be back. Where he'll be. I don't know. I don't think he'll be in, in Green Bay. Um, I just don't think he'll be there in Green Bay. Yeah, I think he's But he'll be back. Well. And I can see him with the Jets. But I just saw something about Devontae teasing about him maybe being a Oakland, I mean, a, a, a Vegas Raider. Ooh. A reunion. Because they what need they a quarterback, say? too. What did they say? It was said, Devontae teases Rogers reunion. I I could see that with the Raiders because they're because they're moving on from Derek Carr and they might have to move on from him quicker. I don't know if you've been following this, but Derek Carr, he's got a whole bunch of money due after the Super Bowl. But if he's injured in the Pro Bowl and I know the Pro Bowl isn't the Pro Bowl of old, but if he is injured in the Pro Bowl, Derek Carr receives his fully guaranteed salary from the Raiders. So they might have to move on from him before Sunday just so he doesn't get about hurt. To say. I'm twisting an ankle or something. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> That's exactly no, what I was thinking. But no, I guess Las Vegas locally tweeted, which neighborhood is Aaron Rodgers moving to? And Devontae Adams said, mine. Oh, we're going to have and... to be following that then. Where, where, what neighborhood is Devontae Adams living in? You know, and I, I will say this right here, man. Like I say, when you're Aaron Rodgers, you could do almost what you want to do. Almost, right? Obviously, there's an opportunity. He's a California guy. If he wanted to go be the quarterback for the Green Bay, I mean, for the San Francisco 49ers, he probably could make that happen. Brock Purdy's going to be out six months. Like, hey, man, they're probably the San Francisco 49ers are probably feeling like, they were a quarterback away from being back in the Super Bowl. They probably felt like we could have beat the Eagles if we had a quarterback. I don't think so, but that's what they're probably thinking. So to get a guy of Aaron Rodgers' caliber that can run the play action, run the stretch, you know, hit, make good decisions, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, along with their defense, I don't know who they're going to hire as their defensive coordinator and if they're going to be the same defense, but. He probably could make that happen. Like I said, you may have to take less money in some situations. And when you're somebody of this caliber, hey man, if you're trying to win Super Bowls, you might have to take less money. You've you've spent years making your money. Now you want to win Super Bowls. Okay, take less so you can get more around you, right? But if I'm not doing that and going back home, I'm not going to anywhere that I can't potentially win a Super Bowl or have a great time. So when you look at the New York Jets, it's like, okay, is he a is he a New York guy? Is the Jets a potential Super Bowl team? Is he gonna have a great time in Jersey? Or is Las Vegas a potential Super Bowl team? But can he have a great time in Vegas as he end his career? Those are the type of things that I will be thinking about. Like, I'm not gonna be Aaron Rodgers and go to Cleveland Browns. <laughs> That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you're not gonna be a Super Bowl team. You're gonna be an awful time. Like, I don't want to go there. I want to go to either a great city, a great team, or do what Michael Strahan, or do it, do what somebody done. Hey, I know what I want to do is I transition out of football. I want to be a producer, so let me see if I can go and get something going in California or somewhere where I can kind of start transitioning out. Outside of that, 
go somewhere where you got a chance to win and go somewhere where you can have a good time. And I don't know if New York Jets is that. And that's a nice thing about being so well regarded at your profession that you can just pick and choose what you want to do. And very much the same case for Sean Payton. Sean Payton basically said, you know, I might return to coaching. I'm interested. But if people don't give up, they give up what they have to to get the, the Saints to get me. And they're not going to give me a contract extension worth $20, 25000000 million. No, I'll just wait it out. Stay at Fox for a year. And the Broncos, the Broncos almost didn't hire him. The Broncos, their first choice was D'Amico Ryans. He said no. Their second choice was Jim Harbaugh. They flew out to see him. He said no again. So then their third choice was actually going back to D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans met with the Texans. And after that, the Broncos called him up again. Hey, you sure we can't throw more money at you to make you our head coach? Please, please. No? Okay, well, guess we'll trade for Sean Payton. So just funny seeing how this all played out. And Sean Payton's just sitting back there like, yeah, I'm good. If you want me, you want me. If not, I'm fine. And and that's and that's kind of the thing that I was saying about about Tom, right? Like Sean Payton became more valuable, not even coaching this year. Yep, getting paid, taking a TV job, just talking football or whatever. He became more valuable as a coach. People appreciated him and felt like, man, Sean Payton could really help us. Now he's making seventeen to twenty million dollars a year. Tom, you will probably become more valuable. Like, like Peyton Manning is the one that got it right to me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. Peyton made a ton of money, and now Peyton does whatever he wants to do. And Steer probably makes a ton of money. Like he he gets paid to watch Monday Night Football from his couch and freaking have a with his brother, you know, you know, right? and talking it with his brother, and they get to talk to all types of fun people. You know, like that's what you want to do when you're that caliber of a player, man. Like, and I get it. Tony Romo got it good too. I only hear Tony Romo on Sundays when he's talking the game. I don't see him throughout the week on your weekly shows and all that stuff. He seemed like he's only there on game day. But he's in a different city every Sunday on game day. He's not calling the game from his house, right? And that may be what Tom wants. I don't know. But I feel like Peyton did it right. Peyton did it right. And I guarantee you right now, if Peyton wanted to get a TV job, he could get it today. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? If he wanted to get any kind, he could get it today. You become more valuable when they when they can't get you, but they want you. You become more valuable. It's that exclusivity. It's the same with advertising. When you reject advertisers, that more will come at you trying to land you. And I think with Peyton, the best thing he did was that Peyton's Places show. I think yeah. that was the first project he did when he retired. And it was basically a show of Peyton Manning going, hey, I, I want to go to these places. Will you pay for it? And you can film me going to these places. Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do that. If we get a, a slice of Peyton Manning, just the guys figured it out. Right. And now he, he he literally looks like he gets to do whatever he wants to do, get paid to do it. And you just live in a great life. Like living the dream, living the Peyton Manning dream. He did it the right way to me. Yeah, Eli just come along for the ride, man. <laughs> and then there's Cooper, the o- oldest brother. He's the family finance manager, so he he doesn't even have to be on the ride, and he still gets to profit from it because he's handling all the money after. That. Right. Just yeah. a just a beautiful situation that the Manning family have. Just good for them. Good for them. No question. No question. Final couple things I want to ask you about. I don't know if you saw, but we've gone from one lion in the Pro Bowl to four. Originally, it was just Frank Ragnow, but then Amon Ross St. Brown's replacing A.J. Brown, Panay Sewell's replacing Lane Johnson, and Jared Goff replaces Jalen Hurts as a Pro Bowl quarterback. I think that's good. You know, those guys had good seasons. You know, I think you always want to be, you know, voted in first. Um, But, I mean, 
you're getting to go, you're getting to have a experience, you're getting to, you know, I used to say putting it on your resume, right? I don't know if it carries much weight nowadays to say that you are a pro bowler. You know, when you have guys, and I'm and I'm not, you know, but when you have guys like, you know, Huntley from the, Ra- the Ravens make the Pro Bowl, you threw two touchdowns. Like, I mean, you threw two more than me, bro, and I didn't even play. You know what I'm saying? So, I think, I think it gets watered down a little bit, and I blame that on the NFL. You know, because. I've had so many ideas about the Pro Bowl back from when I was playing. And I just felt like they could have made it so much more prestigious in the sense of like I used to I used to give this example and say when you go and watch the Grammys or you have watched the Oscars or these award shows, right? They make a big deal about the nominations. Once the nominations come out, it's like, oh, wow, he's nominated for a Grammy. He's nominated for an Oscar, right? And when you look at their career, their profile, all these different things, they may be a 15-time Grammy nominee, they may only want a Grammy once. Those 15 Grammy nominees, nominations, mean something. That means that they put out a project, a song, an album, a move. Something they did was worthy of a Grammy. They maybe didn't win the Grammy, but it was worthy, meaning it was good. It was good. They put out something that was good, right? So they don't really get docked for not winning a Grammy because they make a big deal about the nominees, right? Why can't the NFL be that way? Everybody shouldn't be on the Pro Bowl ballot. It should be an honor to be nominated as a Pro Bowler. I like that. Because that's been... being nominated as, man, I'm on the ballot. That shows everybody this person has had a great year. Whether he makes the actual game or not, we don't know. Maybe he makes, whether he makes the actual week or not, we don't know. But he's had a good year, right? So those are the players that the fans should get to vote on. There should be some kind of committee between coaches and people that can that that watch all of the games, no no football, and should be able to comprise a list of ten quarterbacks or seven quarterbacks from the AFC, seven from the NFC, and say these guys are worthy of making the Pro Bowl. Everybody shouldn't be on the ballot. If you haven't had that type of year, you shouldn't be on the ballot. And I think that's when things get watered down because you got guys that get voted in because they got a good fan base or they're popular and they get voted in, but they didn't have a Pro Bowl year. So then it gets watered down because it's like, eh. I ain't really have a good year, but I still got voted in. Players know that. You know when you had a good year and when you didn't. Now, as a player, I've never seen someone turn down the Pro Bowl. I've never seen anybody say, hey, man, I know I got voted in, but I didn't have a great year. This guy had a way better year than I did. He's just not as popular. So I'm going to turn down my invite to the Pro Bowl, and I'm going to send this guy, right? you never seen that happen. But at the end of the day, players know when they had a Pro Bowl year and they know when they did. So that's why they feel bad when they get snubbed because they know, man, I was balling this year. Right? So I feel like the NFL could have, like, you, you're sitting down the same way that they used to do 
the Pro Bowl reveal show, you know, when you're sitting down and they're revealing everybody that made it on NFL Network and this, this, and that, you're tuned in to see who made it, right? They should, they could have done the same thing for the nominee. You're tuned in to see who's going to be on the ballot. You get a fast three weeks to vote, players vote. And that's it. We don't need the fans voting for eight weeks. You haven't had a Pro Bowl season by week eight. Yeah. You just haven't. You put the nominees out by week 12, week 13. You vote the week 16, week 17. You let the the, the, the players vote. And then we're, let, we're letting you know going into week 18 who are your Pro Bowlers. You don't know by week eight. No. But that's when they open up fan voting. So that's kind of been my whole spiel with the NFL and the Pro Bowl and all that stuff. I feel like if you made it more prestigious and you made it about the players, I think you would get more players that take pride in coming. And then they also made it the way it used to be. Hey, man, we're okay with having this dead week of no football. We're okay because it sucks. It used to be a thing where, like Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts is a pro bowler. Patrick Mahomes is a pro bowler. Those guys are going to the Super Bowl. So that used to be just kind of like a icing on the cake for those guys, celebratory week for those guys, right? Can you imagine being one of those quarterbacks? You go to the Super Bowl, you win it, and then the next week you get to go get loved on at the Pro Bowl. and di- Like you get in a, you in a three or four week, like just whirlwind of, greatness right now you want to capture every week so instead of having this as a dead week or doing something different you got the senior bowls and all the all-star games and stuff like let that be this week yeah you know and make the pro bowl the week after the super bowl like it used to be so that the players that deserve to be in the pro bowl that just happen to make it to the super bowl they still get to go to the pro bowl and we don't have to have a thousand alternates. I really like that. I really like the idea that you've got here. I think you have something. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I get you. Well, and it, t- to be fair, too, this year, I don't know if they've done this in years past. I don't remember it. I could be wrong, but they announced the, the finalists. The finalists for the MVP, for Defensive Player of the Year, for all of these awards, they came out with the nominations. And it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool being able to see ahead of time, whoa, Justin Jefferson's nominated for the MVP. I mean, he won't win it, but he's nominated. That That's something. Chris Jones for Kansas City, that guy doesn't get any recognition that he deserves. He's nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. That's cool. So I agree. I think the nominations just give more do a little bit of extra work you can eliminate some guys it's not that hard and it'll just make things better for the fans they'll enjoy it because then you got the whole conversation my guy wasn't even on the ballot that come on and then you get that whole social media interaction there there are just so many ways to win with your idea glover yeah and i mean i think the thing that you have though is the NFL doesn't want to have to honor that because now when you go into contract negotiations, those nominations mean something, right? Now, when you're trying to get your contract, if you can say, you know, I was a five-time pro bowler, right? You want to get paid a certain thing. Well, you may have never made a pro bowl, but I've been nominated five years in a row. So I've been balling for five years. I just didn't get voted to the game, but I'm nominated five times. I've been balling for five years. So you can't pay me like a non-pro bowler because I've been balling for five years. So they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. You're right. Unfortunately, you're right. But still, (laughs) uh, this is the problem is you can save a couple bucks, but the product could be so much better. It could be so much better. So much better. I mean, you look at these guys in the NBA, like they take pride, I think, in the All-Star game. You have a guy that's been injured for six weeks and he'll make his return at the NBA All-Star game. 
Like, bro, you've been sick. You've been down for six weeks, bro. You haven't played in your team's game for six weeks. But you just so happened you got voted into the All-Star game, and you couldn't come back and play for the All-Star game? But that's how they do it. Yeah, that would never happen in the NFL. Ah, <laughs> uh, it weird 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 need to get people like glover quinn in the front office of the nfl making these decisions making the game better glover final question for for you before we get you out of here we've been hearing talk all week and we're gonna go back to the super bowl go back to your friend darius slay we've been hearing who's gonna be the the breakout star of super bowl week because you know Everyone knows Patrick Mahomes. Everyone knows Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey. They're going to have the microphone in front of their face, and everyone knows them already. But then I start here at NFL Network talking about, well, who's going to be the under-the-radar breakout star that really has not got enough time in front of the microphone in to make fans love him? And their prediction is Darius Slay, just the comedy of Darius Slay. I know you saw that video of him talking about Christian McCaffrey after the game. That was funny, insightful, and humble. So you already see these commentators, these pundits, they're already loving up on Darius Slay, and the game is still over a week away. Yeah, I mean, that's Slay's personality, though. He's always been like that. And, you know, I mean, as a player, you know, being, being his teammate, you know, we used to give him a hard time because you, you love him for that, but you also hate him for that as well. Because, you know, man, Quandra used to always be on Slay about being too friendly during the game. And, you know, somebody blocked you. Don't come to the sideline and talk about, man, he's strong, man, throw him, get him off. You know what I'm saying? Um, but that's just how that's been his personality. Like he don't have a problem admitting if he got beat or if he got juked or whatever, at the end of the day, you don't have to run from it. The whole world saw it, bro. Like, it is, it is what it is. So I feel like you do better by getting in front of it and just putting out there like, bro, that, hey, man, this is what happened. Like, you know, and like I say, me and Quandre, we're going to give him a hard time. We've been giving him a hard time in our little group or whatever, you know. And I tell Slay, Slay, you probably did. You really didn't want to go and tackle Christian McCaffrey. You thought Epps was going to tackle him. And you realize he didn't, and now you wasn't prepared, and he hit you with a two-step. That's really what happened. I get it. But mentally, you really didn't want to go and tackle him. Because if you wanted to go and tackle him, you would have went tackle him. You're a good enough athlete to do that. But that's what happened. You got juked, and then he scored a touchdown, probably one of the best runs that you've seen in a long time. And, you know, Slay, you was a part of that. But Slay's got the personality to be able to handle that, and he's not phased by that not one single bit so like i say that's what you like about him you love about him you love that personality that he loves playing a game he has fun with it. it's a cat it's a child's game to him he's gonna win some he's gonna lose some um like i said some people like that some people don't um but i think you know his personality is infectious i think he'll have a great time at the super bowl i think they will put the mics in front of his face um and I'm sure he'll give some 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 sound bites because he's a funny guy. I mean, we, like I said, we we give we give Slay a hard time. <laughs> so, um, be excited for him, and you know, hopefully, hopefully it's a good week for him. Um, I think one of the players that could possibly, and I don't really know this guy, but I just keep seeing little things, and I, I, I see how he is on the field. And I think that would make people put the mic in his face. And it'd be interesting to see what his personality is like, because I don't know. But I'd be interested to see how Pacheco comes out of Super Bowl week. Because I think he plays well enough that he's going to have mics in his face. And... You know, they showed a video of him in the locker room, you know, dancing and this, this, and that. I don't know what his personality is like, but he has a game on the field. He get the mic in his face. If he can some kind of way finesse that, he could be one of those guys that, like, skyrockets into some different form of stardom 
because of the way he's played this season, the week that he can have with the Super Bowl and all the media, and then you back it up with a good performance in the Super Bowl. That's a good one, too, because if you remember him at the Combine, he was, he had the big sunglasses. He was all decked out, just <clears throat> raised his value at the Combine through pure swag alone. So that's something that could happen at the Super Bowl as well, especially with a big performance. We'll get your thoughts on the game next week, but any final takeaways from the Super Bowl, from the NFL in general, or just life down in Texas? Oh, man. Hey man, pray for those people in Dallas, man, and in the, the northern Texas. These ice storms are, are pretty tough. Uh, we're not having any here in Houston. Um, but we've come to the end. You know, we got one game left. Um should be a good one. It should be a good one. You know, you got the two number one teams, you know, Kansas City, the Eagles, all right? Two number one teams. I think. You know, obviously, Philadelphia seems like the stronger team, just period. They're healthy for the most part. You know, you look at their offense, they got their stars. They got their quarterback. They got star wide receivers. They got star O-linemen. You look at their defense, they got stars. They got stars on the D-line. They got stars in the secondary. Like, they got pro bowlers all across the roster. When you look at Kansas City, they got Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. That's what you think about on the offensive side of the ball, right? The O-line is, eh, you know, Juju, eh. Valdez Scantlin had a good good game last week, but he's not a guy that you're saying is A.J. Brown, right? And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, they got Chris Jones. And then who else? Right? So it's like the Chiefs some kind of way made it to the Super Bowl. But you wouldn't say that the Chiefs had the better team than Cincinnati. You wouldn't say the Chiefs had a better team than a lot of teams that they played this year. But Patrick Mahomes is great. Travis Kelsey is great. And they find a way to win. So, I don't know. We'll talk about it more next week. But those are my thoughts. Be ready for a good game. Be ready for a great game. You know, whatever team you're rooting for, be ready for a great game. We've made it to the finish line. What a good feeling to make it to that finish line. It, it'll hurt after when we realize we've got months before football is back. But in the meantime, we're in for a great couple of weeks. We got the Senior Bowl. We got the Shrine Bowl. We got the Pro Bowl. We got the Super Bowl. And we got plenty of news across the NFL. Still two open head coaching jobs. There is just so much happening. So much left to happen. We're here to bring it all to you. If you want to place some action on any of those potential outcomes, whether it's the Super Bowl, whether it's the coaching hires, make sure you use our friends over at betonline.ag. But until next week, when we are ready to tell you all about the Super Bowl, we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.